Hey, man. What's going on? Oh, just uh, carrying out my normal Christmas Eve tradition of standing in a 17-degree Fahrenheit Chicago alley garage while I talk to my friend Abe while oh, I drink coffee. That's, that's not so bad. At least you're on a break, right? Yeah, I'm taking a break. I'm building this giant garage door in the hood. And, uh, yeah, I'm putting up a big garage, doing about a half or two-thirds of a day, and then going shopping for a couple last-minute things, and then going to hang out on the couch for, like, two straight days. It's going to be sick. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. So, uh, what about you? What are you doing? Making a turkey? Making a, a rump roast? I'm, I'm going uh, to get hate mail for doing this. Um, life has been really complicated for, like, the last month. Uh, I told everybody I had COVID. We're all over it now, and that's great. Um, Ashley's parents uh, are trying to uh, be nice, even though it is uh, probably irresponsible. Um, Ashley's aunt and uh, like cousin are kind of down on their luck, and um, her parents like offered to have them be around us for Christmas. So for a good old fashioned Indiana super spreader event. Correct. <laughs> Yep. Um, and we've been yeah, sick already. Be Maybe. I mean, hopefully it's fine. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the situation we're in. So I'm cooking for people today. We're cooking, uh, a standing rib roast. Uh, I cheaped out and didn't buy the prime grade. I only bought choice cause I'm a Philistine. Um, My, <laughs> what, what exactly is a standing rib roast? My mom made one the other day and it, I don't understand, like, what, what part is standing? Uh, it has bones in it so that, like, oh. it, it it could stand. It's not just like a big <laughs> lump of meat. Um, if it, if so, it was reincarnated, it could, it could rise up and walk away. That sounds excellent. So okay. uh, I have about, I think, about 40 to 45 minutes. Uh, Ashley, Ashley was very upset that I made sage sausage stuffing for Thanksgiving. Like, Why? like very upset because she, Why? she doesn't think the stuffing should have sausage in it. Um, and so <laughs> I'm, I'm remaking stuffing for today. You guys have the most first world problems I've ever heard. <laughs> you have no idea. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'm making sage sta- sausage stuffing and our rib roast and some scalloped potatoes and, some corn casserole that Ashley very much was vocal about needing. Um, okay. And then we'll have some dessert, I guess. Does Ashley cook at all? Um, I mean, she does, but like these are, these are my thing, you know? Okay. So, so Abe's the, uh, the chef always, huh? Yeah. Um, there was a time when I didn't, you know, aspire to be a grid life competition director where I oh. thought that I was going to be a chef when I was a, uh, like, I don't know, when I was like eight or 10 years old, I, I really? wanted to be a chef. That's kind of cool. Not really. Well, I mean, it's for an eight or 10 year old. That's uh, that's an interesting aspiration for a young man. So. You want to hear about my first world problems more? Yeah, sure. The house we moved into has a fine kitchen, um, but I find it to be completely inadequate. Why is that? Doesn't have uh, uh, enough outlets for your sous vide's? <laughs> uh, well, the the pantry is too small, and it's it's kind of like designed poorly, so it doesn't really fit anything. It uses those, um, you know, like uh, if you went to the home store, the the wire, like the white coated um, wire shelving material. Right. The pantry is that, which means that like if you put anything on it that's narrower than a soup can, it just falls over because it falls into the space between them. Um, oh, okay. So like, they're they're pretty far apart. They're not half inch apart. Uh-uh. 
No. Yeah. And uh, I, I presume, Why don't you make some shells for them? I'm going to. It's just, you okay. know, I, I haven't had time. I've, well, I mean, just I've like, had COVID. Get some, get some quarter-inch, like, luon and put them on top of the shell. <laughs> Rip uh, it to size, put it on top of the shell. I mean, I, to be honest, like, half-inch melamine is fine if it's supported. So I may just do yeah. that. Um, yeah. But this is not a show about home repair, though it it sometimes is about garage doors. Actually, repair. sort of about a lot of things. I get a lot of messages about garage doors after I talk about garage doors. Um, and for some reason, they always find me on my personal Instagram. So, yeah. um, but you can, you can, uh, you can email me at Adam at good dot life. That's easier for me to remember to check. And make sure you put garage door in the subject. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Call a local pro. I'm not, I'm, I actually did get solicited by a listener uh, he was like, "Hey, uh, you want to like come to Florida and do my garage door? I'll pay you handsomely because everybody wants too much money here." And I'm like, "Maybe I should charge more money up here." <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if they're looking for a handyman that's not on meth, uh, they should give you a yeah. call. It's true. I'm not on meth, uh, and I'm drinking a lot less too, so I'm, I'm not on booze either. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a pretty big success. Um, so it's it's been forever since we recorded. We've been trying to record two shows a week, but. We've we've fallen off the wagon, so to speak. And uh, well, my my wife the last uh, I don't know week week and a half we haven't recorded because my wife is on Christmas break. She's a teacher. Normally she's you know grading papers until eight or nine o'clock at night. So we get a little, we get an hour you know after I put the kid to bed or we put the kid to bed or whatever. And then like I'll go out in the garage, we'll do a show or something. Um, and your wife goes to bed at like seven o'clock. So yeah, um, we've been uh, yeah. we've been going to bed late like. Uh, Baby eats at uh, eight ish or okay. a little before eight, and then we try to put her down by nine o'clock. We're like still trying to unpack the house and put stuff away and do all that, and whatever. So we've been getting to bed at like eleven thirty every night. It's been busy oh, the last man. two weeks. Yeah, hard. Uh, you moved. Uh, my wife wants to hang out because she's got nothing to do, so it's hard to record a show. So now we're doing one in the middle of Christmas Eve. Yep. And I'm uh, standing in front of a radiant propane heater right now, which are the best. Uh, don't use torpedo heaters. Buy a radiant pr- propane heater if you ever have to heat things. They're so cool. Is that um, like the but, the sunflower top on a propane tank? Is that yeah, what this, one? this one's got like a six by 18 or six by 20 or something uh, radiant thing. It's like a it's a DeWalt like upright standing one. You can roll it around like a wheelie cart. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, dude, these things are so good. No stink. They don't, they're not loud. They're the best. Um, but if you stand in front of it too long, like all of a sudden your genitals are on fire. So I just turned around. <laughs> You're not supposed to put your dick on it. <laughs> it's, I'm like I'm like two feet away, but it starts to so to get your pants really hot. <laughs> so um, um, yeah. since since we last did a show, you d- you gave up on your D series, and I. Decided. I haven't to told anybody that, have I? Yeah. No, and you you were all about that single cam for life, and I think you well, still yeah. are. I'm still there. Yeah. But um, I also decided to prep the Civic for driving on track, at least uh, at least some in 2021. Yeah, you got some uh, uh, perennial good life supplier or uh, a supporter and supplier uh, Falcon tires. Hooked you up with a, with a couple of, or with a few tires at uh, a nice staff rate. So Abe's got some RT six sixties, which Love that are proven rate. to be a pretty rad tire. But. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, driving on it, and uh, the RS Motors and ASM boys go to Barber every year in January. I went last yeah. year and recorded some shows. It's unbelievable that it's been a year since That's I went. That's crazy. 
and I'm going to try and drive this time. Um, we'll see if it all works out. My plan is to go to ASM, Andy's place, on Monday and have him do a clutch, um, tinker with the brakes a little bit, probably bleed them and whatever, and uh, do an alignment to make sure that the very wide 245s fit mm-hmm. the way they should and, and do a half-decent job on track. Can you get some camber out of the out of that factory stuff or no? I told uh, him that I would need some camber bolts, and he said he should have that taken care of. Oh, good, good. So yeah, that would help a lot too. Probably help with fitting them, but also help with tire wear on track. Yeah, and I the I think my attitude at the moment is um, the two forty fives should fit with a little bit of camber, but I think I'm just going to tell him like if it doesn't fit, this is the setup we have, so make it fit. Right. Okay. But uh, you might, he, does, if he doesn't have a fender roller, I've got a fender roller you can suck and grab on the way up. I think he has one. I'm not positive. I would assume he but, does. Um, uh, yeah, my, that's kind of, that event is kind of my semi-official goal, but I don't know if I'm – two weeks is a lot to do what i got to do. So Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, uh, I'm putting – 10 or, or 15, 14, 13 years ago, I, I put a, and it was in there for a long time, but in my red hatchback, um, I put a single cam Accord motor in, um, a 2.2 liter, and then I upgraded the bottom end to a 2.3 liter because they have like, 2.3 liter has like the craziest bottom end girdle I've ever seen. Like it's a, it's got like, uh, like the whole entire bottom of the engine is the girdle. It's almost like a K series, but not, you know? Um, so it's, it's real, it's like a real strong bottom end from the factory. The rods are pretty H beamy and stout. Um, and they're free basically. Uh, they were back then. Um, and I ran the thing forever. I ran an NA and I ran a turbo and I ran 11s and it did 151 in a standing half mile. And, uh, yeah, it was fun street car and really kind of a mediocre track car cause it overheated cause it, the airflow to the radiator just was not good. I was like back feeding the engine bay with pressure because the hood had to be popped up in the back to, uh, to clear the engine. And then I was like, I had a giant intercooler and a oil cooler in front of the radiator. And like, there was so much, there was like, I did, I did everything wrong, but it did fine NA and it just got hot in a lap or two, uh, turboed, but I'm putting that setup back in. Um, and it's basically mated to my D series trans with an old busy moto adapter plate and flywheel. Um, and the frame had to be notched to fit, and I left the frame notched and made a custom mount for the D-Series. And now I'm just putting everything back in the way it was a decade ago. Um, but I'm doing it with ITBs and, like, a decently well-thought-out header. So I'm waiting on a custom flange for the ITBs, and I'm going to weld up the base plate for them. I'm actually using Weber DCOE carburetor-style uh, throttle bodies. They're, they're, like, they're geometrically identical to Weber DCOE side drafts. Um, so, yeah, doing a bunch of stuff, and then, uh, I mean, realistically, it should go together pretty quick once I get all the parts, but, uh, and it'll probably be lighter than supercharged setup, because there's no giant water tank, and the blower isn't, is, uh, was heavy, uh, but I'm, I'm excited about it. It's going to probably make more torque than horsepower, too, if I can, if, if everything goes well, so. Neat. Yeah, I'm doing little tiny throttle bodies to 40 mils, which are a little bit small for that engine, but, um. I want to have the ITB noise because I'm a hot boy ricer. Right. Uh, and, and the looks because I'm a hot boy ricer. Uh, but I don't want that much power because it's in GLTC. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I want like 160, 160 is kind of the goal. So oh, that's awesome. No, that yeah, should be fun. And they're just cheap engines and uh, they're fun to like, they're, it's a really good power band. It's kind of like a K series in power band. Um, 
but they're dirty cheap. And I literally had everything to do it except for like, I'm probably spending a couple hundred in like random flanges and tubing. And like I had the ITB set up already cause I was going to do that on D series. Cause Blake Meredith, um, who's still building me a D series bottom end cause we're trading a transmission. So I'll have my, my next D series as well. <laughs> but uh, Blake had given me an ITB manifold or a carburetor manifold. And I bought those carburetor replacement ITBs, um, for the D series. So yeah, we're getting there. It'll be a fun project, I think. And I'm looking forward to having a passenger seat cause I won't have a five gallon water tank and pump and hose assembly. Um, so that, that reminds me, I actually have a question that's, that people have asked me related to grid life before, and I don't remember ever knowing the answer. Um, if you have a passenger seat in your car, what is the grid life policy on the minimum age for a passenger? Uh, technically, um, it's, uh, it's age of majority in the said state, uh, so 16 to 18. Um, uh, but it, we have, uh, we've had younger drivers with um waivers and or parents on site um there's a whole process and it's different per track uh but uh yeah uh, super super young is no but like we've had 15 year olds um on track so i see yeah so uh emma's got to wait a little bit before she's allowed a ride in the passenger seat at the track yeah she did ride on my lap on a parade lap economy yep yeah but, uh, yeah, it's going to be a while. Um, that's some, that's like, uh, that's like legal stuff that I got to almost like, basically our insurance is approved on like whatever, whatever our technical rules are. Like, so our good life track day and competition rule set, like our GTCR, our insurance approves that. So if, if we like make the rule, uh, and they approve it, then we can do whatever we want. Mm. But, uh, there's also like, yeah, you got to kind of run that by a lawyer. Right, <laughs> so. right, right. Yeah. I don't even know if they read those rules. I think they do. <laughs> well, I mean, you hope they do. It's been a few years, so maybe they haven't read the updates. I don't know. Maybe I could maybe I could put some crazy shit in there. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have but a legal yeah. pad that basically says you can do what you want, so. Yeah, that's true. This is my, my business card says uh, <laughs> I can do what I want. <laughs> um, also, in the last time that we talked, the Grid Life schedule came out for 2021. Yeah, Which event are you most gr- excited about? Uh, none. <laughs> uh. No, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably most excited about, um, personally about mid Ohio because mid Ohio has gotten into a bit of a groove, uh, and Gary's coming to mid Ohio and he's coming to road, road America. So he can manage trackside real well. He knows the, he, like he's the boss, you know? Um, and he might come to a couple others. He's not going to PPIR. Uh, he's still waiting on some of his schedule changes with IMSA and SRO because he basically does that for SRO and he does other stuff for IMSA. I freaking love Gary. Um, he's the best. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm probably most excited personally about Mid-Ohio because I'm going to try to take my car and actually drive all the races. I drove two of the races this year. But uh, Tell me about how you're going to get in the right headspace to race GLTC and, like, run hard. So what, like my big push for this year or for next year personally is, um, and I've been talking with, uh, with Scott Giles a bunch about it. And he made me an org chart, uh, motorsports operational org chart that I get to, uh, modify and move things around and like, 
paint a clear picture for everybody of uh, who's in charge. And it's and I like I'll I'll be at the very top, but like uh, it'll be hey, ask somebody else before you ask me. Um, mm. And I think we've got enough, especially for the Midwest events. We've got like we've got good teams in place. Um, you know, trackside, uh, in grid and tech, uh, merch, uh, timing scoring, um, like, like we've got some pretty decent people, uh, and they know what they're doing. Um, so I'm kind of going to like take a step back. Um, my goal is to take a step back in a lot of ways this year so that I can, so that maybe the company, uh, and it's kind of Chris's goal too, is like work on the business instead of just work in the business, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, kind of a cliche businessy saying, but it's very true because like right now, um, or like at, at NOLA, I was so incredibly burned out. I wanted to quit. Like, like that's not good. <laughs> and so was Chris. Um, it was, you know, it was too many things, uh, always. And like, you're just putting out fires the entire time, even though you're like prepared. Uh, it never, like you never, you can never do everything but you don't have, especially this year, we don't have the budget to pay somebody else to do it, you know? I um, I, I don't want to misattribute the quote or say it wrong, but um, I, I, I've heard that Mike Tyson had a quote that said, everyone has a fight plan until they get punched in the mouth. And, punched in the face, I heard, yeah. Um, yeah. It, and that's similar to a situation in grid life, which is, you know, you have the schedule planned and you have the run of show and like all the things. Yeah, you got all, you got um, all the, the people in the, place. The first session yeah uh a motor explodes and then you're behind 15 minutes right and then yeah everybody's got a great plan but 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 there's also a plan for that hopefully this year we did better with that stuff because um i've made it uh i've made it a priority to have too much time in time attack and have less time attack drivers um to where if like something goes wrong every time attack session um we have enough room to end within five or 10 minutes of the schedule uh, in the time attack block, you know, which is, and it's been good seat time. Like we've had, you know, decently long sessions unless something really goes wrong. Um, usually there's only three cars on track when we throw the checker flag in time attack, right? Usually, yeah. Uh, cause, cause they're, cause they're like, Oh, got my laps in coming in. You know, like that's the goal. You want to give everybody the opportunity every session to, to set their PB if they can. Right. Um, so that's been working out well. Uh, and like literally it's just because we sold less time attack spots on purpose just so we can have a better, you know, run a show, which hurts the bottom line a little bit, but time attack was basically sold out at every event, you know? Um, and then GLTC, I added, uh, now GLTC is half hour blocks instead of 20 minute blocks this year. Um, because there's always somebody that, you know, there, there's something breaks and they usually they get off, you know, off track and, and hide behind a barrier or something, but you got to go get them. Um, and you got, uh, you know, 20 minutes is, uh, barely enough if everything's perfect. And then you get a, a few minutes of tow or cleanup or whatever. Um, so we don't get behind schedule every GLTC event or every GLTC race, uh, because I've had 25 or 30 minute blocks, um, which those two things helped everything instead of just trying to do too much in a day. We're trying to do, we have a little bit of breather room, so that'll continue. Um, yep. The only place I don't, I don't have breather room is HPDE, but if something stupid happens, just scrub the session and combine intermediate advanced or whatever, or whatever you got to do. You know? so, yep. And yeah. something that we talked about, I think at NOLA and the last, uh, the grid life October event at Gingerman was, um, the, the live stream is becoming a huge portion of the product that we offer. And yeah. I think also 
for 2021, you're talking about structuring the day, the, 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 the day on track to be aligned with what we want to present on the broadcast, right? So that things are kind of clustered together. Yeah, as and, best you can. You I mean, know. I know it's, it's not, it's not perfect, but like, you know, coming back and forth between HPD sessions, you know, HPD sessions on track can be great to like break up the intensity of the day. But right. uh, practically on the broadcast, it's challenging because you either have to cut away for an extended period or uh, you broadcast at HPDE, which is not that interesting. So, yeah, it's just people driving around in circles, uh, which, I mean, obviously, like, everybody's mom wants to see them driving their beginner track day, but, like, nobody else does. <laughs> so, I, um, I wonder what life would be like if Kyle tried to do commentary on an, a beginner HPDE. Yeah, that would be difficult. <laughs> um, the uh, one of the one of my ideas, and Chris and I have talked about that. Kyle, I've talked about it, but like uh, in the evenings, uh, we should probably film. Um, we've been doing these. We did a couple of them so far. We did the lunch breakdown shows, and I want to kind of film one or two of those every event, and then we can use the audio on Slip Angle. But it could also be a fifteen to twenty minute like interlude yep. injected into you know Ab- no cuts no edits no nothing just you know um just uh take the video and throw it up as an interlude you know presented by somebody um and that could be hpd advanced you know the other thing that we've <laughs> talked so- about uh, you and i have for a couple of years it's just never really um came to be mostly just because we're extremely busy at the event the events but uh, i also want some roundtable and like pundit discussion to happen yeah. Um, after sessions or after the track goes cold, even if, you know, if we've got stuff that we can record and include, right? Because uh, time attack especially is really, really difficult to be, to make interesting if you yeah. don't have the stories or some amount of expert analysis to say who's going to do what and when. Um, yeah. And I think you could, you could, you know, sort of like, you know, NFL uh, or NBA or whatever on halftime. I think that's an easy show to do. Uh, especially if you get 20 minutes after the session, you're on the paddock, ask a few questions. There's plenty to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's so many unknowns when they're driving around on a track, but there's plenty to talk about after the sessions. And I know that um, if, if you guys, if the Slip Angle listeners aren't also listening to Hypercritical from Professional Awesome, you probably should, uh, especially if you have interest in Time Attack. And they did a show a couple of weeks ago that was talking about things that they would like to see run differently in time attack in the United States. Um, And I I actually agree with a lot of the points that they make, but maybe the way they go about executing on a particular goal might be different. But one of the things that I've found particularly challenging for as long as I've been in grid life is time attack is incredibly challenging and intense for the drivers. Um, But on broadcast, it looks almost identical to an HPDE, right? Because uh, uh, practically you don't know who's going fast. You don't know who's trying. And uh, some people are out there just turning laps. And so um, something that the uh, like Goodwood Festival of Speed people have done recently that I think is awesome um, and I guess CSCS kind of does this as well. Uh, someday I would like to force the time attack competition into a very, very specific window. 
Um, well, and and it sort of goes right in hand in hand with what we did this year at three events with uh, GLTC Top Ten Shootout. Yep. So. Uh, the Top Ten Shootout is a great example, right? Like, here's the window. It's 20 minutes. Um, if you go one at a time, that's great. From the broadcast perspective, it runs perfectly because the car that is next is on their warm up as soon as the car like uh, leading you know, crosses right. the checker, right? Like it is rapid fire for 30 minutes on the broadcast and yeah. there's like intensity and it's very easy to know who is doing what and who's going to go fast when. And, and it's easy for a cameraman to follow. Like right. it's, you know, the so, broadcast can lead that really well. You, you, the only time you have uh, downtime is the very last cooldown and the very first warm up. Everything else is people are on a flyer. And so, so um, oh. Goodwood did a, like a time attack shootout on a racetrack over in England somewhere. Um, you know, I think Rick, it was on Goodwood. <laughs> uh, probably. Uh, Richard will probably tell me, uh, text me and tell me I'm an idiot for not knowing this, but like it was like a 45 minute YouTube <laughs> clip. Um, that was a time attack with like all these crazy special, like historic race cars and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. and like I turned it on at my house and I just watched it for 45 minutes and like, yep. that's an awesome time attack to watch. And it's something that you can watch later. Um, yeah. When you think about the like the the stuff that we currently broadcast, I don't know how many people are turning on a four hour stream uh, three weeks later. Well, that's why Kyle's been cutting up, um, starting with GLTC, he's been cutting up sessions um, and posting them on YouTube. Yep. Um, and like you know, people are watching them, but it's you know it's months later. But um, that'll probably be a thing that happens more rapidly uh, in the future. But right now, manpower is just the problem. Yep. But um, I do like kind of forcing the time attack into a very specific time period because it it makes sure that people are watching when the cool stuff is scheduled to happen. I've been thinking, like, what's the advantage to the competitor in some of that? And I think if we if we do it similar, like, or maybe it's just a few cars at a time uh, to get more cars through uh, in, like, a half-hour block. But uh, I've been thinking, especially for, you know, the top 10, top 20, top 30, um, or top three or top four in class. Like I've been thinking kind of a, a shootout style where you get, you get three laps. Um, I think to make sure that somebody always, you know, nobody can go home and say, Oh, I didn't get any clear laps then. Um, yep. Even though that's not like a complaint, like it was five years ago, but um, you know, it's, it's an easy button complaint on Facebook, but, oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, if, if you, if you definitely get uh, a, uh, get like two or three clear laps because we gave them to you, um, I think especially if we can if we can use if we can try to move it around to the ideal time of the day too uh, and watch the weather and just have it be something all right well looking at the weather it, the the shootout's going to be 9 9:45 tomorrow morning till 10:45 or whatever yep. you know Well um, and I, I like too that not only does it um, you know build the excitement and hype for uh, spectators yeah. but also forcing the competition also like raises intensity and stakes for the drivers. And when we ran battles in 2018, there were multiple drivers that were like, you know, they they had butterflies in ways that they don't typically do because uh, in a typical time attack, you might have two or three days to get it right. And it, you know, if a session is lost, it doesn't really matter. And you just like, go try again. Hang on, somebody's gone. Still there? Yep, I'm here. Yeah, sometimes when uh, when I get a real phone call, a Facebook call gets booted off. Um, yeah, the intensity is never there. 
unless it's like down to the last session and somebody hasn't gotten what they want. Like, right. It's just not there because we give them too many options. <laughs> yeah. And so I remember talking to, um, I think it was Borsma uh, in 2018 while he was, I think, who think he was in the top four and he was right. like almost like nervously shaking. He was just like getting ready to go out and battle. And yeah. like yeah. that intensity I think is, is part of um, an on track experience that you could get if we built it. Right. Like yeah, some people may yeah. not like those stakes, but at the same time, it gives them, it should give drivers something fresh. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to make it where only one session counts, you know, like some other groups have. I think CSCS does that. Um, but I do, uh, I do want to try a little bit more of the shootout or bracket type stuff. Maybe it's not head to head brackets for everything. Maybe that's a once in a while special event thing. Uh, but, um, yeah, there, presenting time attack is uh, like GLTC is so easy to present. And now we're like really working now on, okay, how, how do we present time attack now that we've figured out some other stuff with playing around GLTC yep. uh, and then watching what other people do. Um, and now that the live stream uh, often gets hundreds of thousands of views over the weekend. Uh, yeah. We want to build the best broadcast we can and also celebrate the drivers, you know, celebritize them a little bit and stuff like that. So. Well, uh, especially, I mean, I, I'll, I'll go on record to say that I would like very much to see brackets happen um, at the festivals uh, because yeah. I think the tracks that we currently do festivals at are ideal for presenting the bracket battles. Now, yeah, both histor- of those tracks are perfect for it. I mean, historically, the, the criticism of brackets is that it, it eats up too much track time. And that's true, but one thing that has happened whenever we have run brackets is that we've attempted to include everybody. Or almost everybody. And uh, we did that at Willow Springs a couple of years ago. I think we had like 65 cars do brackets, which is a lot. In um, one afternoon. It was insane. It was a really, really busy day. But uh, if, if you think maybe, maybe the top four uh, should, right. should battle out for the win... Uh, I think that's pretty cool. Like fight for your spot on the podium. You're going to, you're going to go head to head. It's, it's a maximum of three drives, right? So, you know, you've got semis and finals plus third place. So it's, it's three runs. What is it? No, it's, it's just two runs maximum, right? Um, If you go through, you go to the finals and if you lose, you go to third place. So you're talking about a minimum number of, of head to head battles uh, yeah, but it's, and it's doable on the schedule too. So. Yep. Yeah. Plus, I think I think watching a battle at Pikes Peak would be awesome. Yeah, that track would be really fun for that, especially if the cars were really close or did things differently around the same time. Could be yeah. super fun to watch. Well, them. if you talk about top four cars, the separation in the top four in every class is usually pretty sh- small. Especially right? at that place. I mean, we're talking tenths. Well, uh, and, but, and the, also, but it could be cars that do things totally differently. Absolutely. So. And if you add to that that um, the top four may be on a given weekend or separated by tenths. That may not mean that, you know, every driver is ready to go out and do their best lap in the battle. Right. So it almost, yeah. it almost guarantees the opportunity for shakeup. And we mm-hmm. saw that um, with uh, Nikolai uh, a, a couple of years back, which was an amazing story. And it was, it was incredible that an eight went on to win yeah. Uh, an eight seed went on to win in the first time that we ever built uh, a bracket battle. It was like, this is the whole point. This is, this is yeah. why we do this. 
and, and he did it because he like literally he did it largely because he was conservative and he drove really well well in like the semi damp drying conditions. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah. And and yeah. in his case, I think he got a ton of practice by driving on the tires he was at at Mid Ohio in the rain. So he was like sliding all over the place at Mid Ohio, and then came to Midwest and was like, "All right, I got this." Yeah, he was just good at at that car in the wet or the damp, you know. Um, yeah, so I should probably get back to my garage door. I think we um, did a show. Yeah, that sounds like a show. Oh, I put, I put air jacks in my car. I'm waiting on uh, a couple of plumbing fittings and then I can get some lines and have air jacks. Fancy boy. <laughs> They're so cool and so dumb. <laughs> I uh, currently I'm spending all my money on, uh, home stuff. I bought a dishwasher. I, I told you that all the appliances uh, in the universe are on back order because assembly lines are difficult when you have COVID restrictions. Yep. yep. Uh, I'm supposed to get Allison it at the beginning said of January. Allison, uh, uh, my sister-in-law, I think she, she sells appliances. I think she has like 2,000 pieces of, uh, of hardware on back order right now. That's unbelievable. Like something, it's, it's like 1,000 plus appliances just waiting. So. So yeah. uh, our, our lead timing team, Jeremy and Allison, are the um, uh, the the invisible grid life workers that um, I, I think they're invisible on purpose. Um, but yeah, they do kind of hide. They um, they're extraordinary, and they just had a baby. So congratulations to them. Uh, we what a week, two weeks ago. Yep, no. and you are now ten day, ten days ago. You're a dad, but you're also now an uncle. So that's pretty. Exciting. Oh, I was an uncle already. My brother-in-law in Thailand has two kids. Oh, yeah. But now I'm an uncle uh, with uh, an uncle of someone I can go see. That's I mean, true. Someday. So uh, congratulations to everybody and uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Um, I am off next week, so we can probably record more shows if Adam finds time. I am off uh, tomorrow, obviously, Christmas. And Saturday, I'm taking the day off. I've never taken a day off at Christmas or day off after Christmas. So, uh, F it. I'm taking the Saturday off. I'm taking Sunday off, obviously, because it's Sunday. Um, and yeah, uh, I got a few extra days off this year just because uh, I'm really tired. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I'm scheduled to go up to ASM on Monday. And Moss told me that he's spending all week uh, there. I have, they're, okay. they're working on the DCT tuning in the S2000, which yep. if you're not following ASM on, you know, what all your social channels, he is, Andy is doing uh, an incredible job with a DCT swap into a turbo K swap S2000. And if everything goes according to plan, that car is probably going to be pretty fast. And hopefully a little bit more reliable. They blow a lot of trains in that car. Uh, yeah. Um, and it, 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 like, even when it was NA, they were killing trains. What's, I think um, they've killed like what's four the really five. popular differential, like the heavy duty diff? Is it at four, eight, 8.8? 8. 8, is that it? Yeah, 8.8 8, uh, out of like the. It's the independent rear 8.8. I forget what it's out of, like Cobra. IRS stuff. Or I, I think that's what they put in. So Oh, they, they put a diff in too. Huh? I think so. Um, okay. Yeah, so big boy stuff. It's going to be sturdy. And then obviously, um, you know, if you have now a strong trans and a strong diff, you got to have a strong motor to go with that. So I think they're building an engine too. Oh boy. Cause, uh, <sighs> last year he was running on like, I mean, junkyard K series motors that they strapped turbo onto. So, but you can do 600 wheel on a junkyard K series. It ain't enough. No. Well, uh, man, right now Dewey is uh, Dewey is like punching his steering wheel somewhere. I can Probably. Feel it. So. 
Anyway. All right. Let's uh, let's call uh, the show. I'm going to play us out here. Okay, cool. Thanks to all our Patreon supporters. We're going to do some more lunch breakdowns for you guys very soon. If you don't subscribe to our Patreon, you should consider it. Uh, But maybe maybe you won't. Maybe you will. If you do, (laughs) thanks. If you don't, okay. But uh, we love you guys. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We'll talk soon. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the Pits at Grid Live to say hello. Hello.